hello there, you Awakening Wonders on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you download your podcasts. We really appreciate you, our listeners, and want to bring you more content. We will be delivering a podcast every day, seven days a week. Every single day, you'll get a detailed breakdown of current topics that the mainstream media should be covering. But if they are covering, they're amplifying establishment messages and not telling you the truth. Once a week, we bring you in-depth conversations with guests like Jordan Peterson, RFK Jr., Sam Harris, Vandana Shiva, Gabor Mate, and many more. Now enjoy this episode of Stay Free with Russell Brand. Remember, there's an episode every single day to educate and elevate our consciousness together. Stay free and enjoy the episode. No, here's the fucking news. Hello there, you Awakening Wonders. Thanks for joining us on our voyage to truth and freedom. We love you. I hope you love our work. Please become a supporter of it to get an additional exclusive video every single week. Whether it's about farmers, protests, excess deaths, we make one additional video just for our supporters. And to join that movement and support our work, please click the link in the description. Otherwise, what you might end up with is a bureaucrat class that are tied to pharmaceutical interests, supported by the legacy media, and completely corrupt. Of course, it's a paradigm that's more difficult to maintain now that we have journalists like Tucker Carlson in the space who, whether you support his former associations or not, appears to be asking the relevant questions to important people and bringing stories to the forefront that are doubtlessly challenging to the interests of the powerful. Like this curious, fascinating conversation with Senator Rand Paul, who really, every time I see Senator Rand Paul, he's asking relevant, important questions. And don't you get a sense, isn't this what politics is meant to be like? Genuine investigation, integrity, authenticity. Let's have a look at this conversation and see where it lives leads us when it comes to the handling of the pandemic, the shutting down of dissent, and what should be done about it now. So I want to ask you about COVID. Speaking of betrayals, um, you've written a book called Deception, the Great COVID Cover-Up. What do you think was covered up about COVID? Uh, The fact that the U.S. government, at the behest of Anthony Fauci, funded it. Uh, The fact that they knew it was dangerous research and that they did not allow the research to go before the normal safety committee. See, we paused this dangerous research. They call it gain-of-function research, where you combine parts of two different viruses and you get a brand new super virus that has never before existed. It's brand new. It doesn't exist in nature. You have created it, which is an amazing thing, but not a good thing. Due to the curious times we live in now, most of us are familiar with terms like gain-of-function research. You remember the first time you heard that? And we're coming increasingly familiar with dual-purpose research and the potential that COVID came from bioweapon research funded by American interests. It's extraordinary the rate at which this is unfolded and the confidence with which dissenting voices are shut down. Remember, we've done stories recently about Moderna's expenditure, surveillance and observation of dissenting voices, including myself, which was at its height about a month before I faced a series of very, very damaging attacks in the legacy media. So this conversation is important and impacts almost every facet of public life because how much can you trust the media? How much can you trust various systems of authority from the state to corporations? The depth of corruption that's been exposed by these stories is staggering. Andy Fauci becomes a pivotal figure when trying to understand what tyranny in the 21st century looks like. Bureaucrats that work for government agencies that aren't quite corporations but certainly aren't entirely of the state that have peculiar funding, strange relationships relationships are peculiarly clandestine. And it's interesting to see this level of investigation and analysis on a media source that can't be shut down, because if it could be shut down, it would be. And there are a spate of censorship laws being introduced that mean that this kind of conversation is exactly the sort of thing that would likely be shut down, particularly if the WHO treaty passes. When you create these viruses, there's a danger they leak out from the lab. But we had funded 
noted that. So between 2014 and 2016, people became very worried that scientists were now aerosolizing, taking a virus that was 50% lethal, like Ebola, that spreads by bodily fluids like AIDS, so it's not right. as contagious, just like sitting in a room, and saying, well, why don't we see, hey, let's see if we can mix it with this other virus and see if we can make it aerosolized. They were doing that with the avian flu. The avian flu is deadly, but it mostly kills chickens, doesn't infect humans very well, but they're like, hmm, wonder if we can make the avian flu more infectious and see if we can transmit it through the air. And then they did. They did eight targeted mutations. And so people freaked out. The whole scientific world did around 2012. I suppose that research wouldn't be happening were it not for dual purpose research. That's plainly a weapon. When Rand Paul describes that, what are the medical benefits? Oh, we're just trying to get ahead of nature by developing diseases that are worse than current diseases so we can invent a cure. And then in the event that it happened, we'll be able to cure it. But of course, it's the research itself that's likely creating the problem. And also, doesn't it show you how far away and remote power has become that this sort of thing's happening and you're just like watching it on your television and going, that doesn't seem right. It's not that there's a conversation or a debate. It's just accepted that you have to be kept in a position of ignorance and also kind of infantilized as to not even want to participate. Oh, that, that's just the way the world is, is it? Oh, we're going to war with the Houthis now. Oh, we're doing gain of function research now. You've got our best interests at heart, have you? Look at the questions that flood from just that piece of information. 2014 to 16, they banned it. But during this period of time, Anthony Fauci continued to give exemptions to it. But here's the curious thing. The research in Wuhan is going on during this time. We've been funding research in China for a long time, but we keep funding it during the ban. But we can't find records of how they got the exemption. We know it had to go through Anthony Fauci. He says approved all of this research. We can't find it. They won't give us the deliberations. Follow the science. We could follow science if you didn't keep hiding the science all the time. Also exposes the odd fissures and contradictions in geopolitical life. How is it that China and America are increasing hostilities when it comes to military matters and yet have all of these weird pharmaceutical and financial relationships? What is the layer of reality that we're supposed to take seriously? Is it when they all meet in San Francisco, cleansing the homeless from the streets? Or is it when we see on the television, we have to increase hostility against China? Now, I recognize that geopolitics is a complicated business, but perhaps it's being needlessly complicated when there are relationships between scientific interests and various defense organizations like DARPA, EcoHealth Alliance, that appear to be leading to research that's not really beneficial to anyone except for the people that profit from it continuing, which seems like it might include Anthony Fauci. Certainly that's what's being suggested here. They also set up a committee in 2017. They secretly reopened the door, no more ban, but there was a new committee, a pandemic safety committee that was supposed to review this. There's no way this research shouldn't have gone before the committee. And it didn't go before the committee. All of a sudden, it just, boom, it was getting done. So for three years, I've been asking, I want to see the deliberations that happened at the NIH. None of this is classified. It's just science research. It's now five years old. I want to see the deliberations on how you made and who made the decision to fund the research in China. But I still can't get it. So there's a, an elaborate cover-up. So I became intrigued in this. The first year, 2020, you know, I was skeptical of Fauci. I told him he was stupid to close the schools. I opposed him on everything from the beginning. I opposed the lockdowns. I opposed the bailouts. I was the only one on the Senate floor. I went back after I recovered from COVID and said, no. <laughs> it's COVID, it's COVID, get in there and oppose it. It's extraordinary, isn't it, that you can be a senator inside the system and be trying to access information and ask those questions and you still can't get it. So doesn't that make you wonder if the system might be somewhat 
turgid. What chance is there for you and I if you write, all right, I'll become a senator. Right, I'll file a Freedom of Information Act. Excuse me, the five-year period is right. Still can't get the information. So that is a massive cover-up, isn't it? I mean, think of all the times you've gotten information, whether it's the anecdotal information that you've got, because I see the comments, I read the comments all the time. People that you know that have got sick or even died as a result of, you know, by your reckoning, recent events, let's say. Like, think of all of the questions that have come of like, oh, well, they told us this, but that was true. Or they didn't test it for transmission. What the Johnson & Johnson causes clots. So the AstraZeneca has caused this. Think of all of the information. Then when there is an inquiry, we're not going to give you all of the information. We're going to keep that back. Or the COVID inquiry in our country, £145 million pounds in. We're going to suspend that till the summer after the election of a comparable, if not identical party. Can you see the extent, the breadth, the function of the system itself? Even people that are within the system, whether it's Senator around poor MPs like Andrew Bridgen, who's trying to go, oh, excuse me, I've got some questions about the stuff that's gone in the last couple of years. They are stymied by it. And the general discourse around that is, that's just the way things are. If only there was something we could do. Well, can we just say, you know, make Anthony Fauci and NIH hand over all of the relevant information? That's the kind of stuff that has to happen. But the reason it's happening so slowly is plainly at this point, because if we knew what had happened, it would likely create civil unrest, disobedience, total lack of trust. We're already at the total lack of trust phase. So what they focus on, I think, is making it diffuse, spreading it out over time. Oh, life's so hard. I've got children. I've got debt. I've got things to contend with. So you can't ever feel the kind of ignition of rage that's required to throw off the shackles of an oppressive system. What do you reckon? But as I was opposing this, we still, I, I became intrigued as the six months to a year when I was like, wow, I read this article by uh, Nicholas Wade on Medium.com. Yes. Once again, he was banned Great from piece. everything. He used to be a New York Times writer banned everywhere. I read this like 25A story and I'm like, oh my God, they created this in a lab. And I began investigating this and became intrigued by it. But then what really got me to write the book was I saw this exchange of emails between Anthony Fauci on January 31st, feeding into February 1st of 2020. They start about five or six o'clock in the afternoon and it's a crescendo. And you know, as you, as you read something, even if it's not stated in words, you can feel the tension build. You can feel his fear build and you can see his heart clenching up like this. The last email's at three in the morning. And at three in the morning, he emails a guy named Bob Cadillac. I didn't know who Bob Cadillac was. Other people knew him, but I, I didn't know who he was. Get me Bob Cadillac on line one. And also Mr. Lincoln and Don Chevy, all of my buddies. And then Bob, I'm sending this article here, you know, sort of in the middle ground, but it was an article basically saying nothing to see here. This came from nature, not the lab. At three in the morning, he can't sleep at three in the morning. About a year later, we're now two years into this, I meet Bob Cadillac, and he was working for the Senate committee, the Republicans, doing a report on the origins of the virus. And I said, Bob, why did you get that email? And he says, well, I was in charge of the safety committee, the pandemic committee that should have reviewed the Wuhan. And he didn't say this, but my, my implication is he's sending him an email because he's going to discover that the research that caused the virus was supposed to go before his committee and he never saw it. So the, 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 as things come together, come together, to me, it is the greatest cover up in our history. A million people died in the United yes. States, maybe 20 million, 10, 15, 20 million worldwide. And it was funded by government, approved by Anthony Fauci, and then the cover up. And there's a lot more in the book. We go through all the different articles, the scientific articles in Nature and in Lancet, where they came together 
and they lied. The people all said it was a conspiracy theory, but they didn't reveal that they were receiving money in this. Pretty astonishing, isn't it? The stymieing of research and information that could lead to truthful conclusions emerging. In a way, perhaps the Orwellian idea that we touch on a lot, the reversal of meaning, you know, war is peace, peace is all of that sort of craziness. Perhaps that's because what the function of government is, is completely at odds with what's declared. It's about total control, subjugation, not about protection and service, which is what it declares that it's about. What is the point of government? Think of when the two political parties campaign, the kind of values they talk about, and then think about the values that are clearly at play when it comes to a sort of a very high profile, America's most durable public servant, Anthony Fauci. What values were at play then? Think as well about how he was like literally while he was sending those emails to Bob Cadillac at three in the morning. That's when people were like doing TV shows, dancing around, singing his name and getting t-shirts. And do you feel like a reluctant sex symbol? It's really nightmarish. No one's been arrested for this. Millions dead. No one's been arrested. My brother ran into Tony Fauci in our family dog park in Washington the other day. He had Secret Service protection. He's retired. He works at Georgetown. He doesn't work for the U.S. government. He has yeah. government finance security. I don't. I want government finance security. I mean, how? I, so not only, I, my point is, he not only has not been punished, he's living, continuing to live at public expense at the highest possible level. He's being lauded. When does someone get punished for what has got to be the greatest crime ever committed? Anthony Fauci's not gone. He has a limo and a limo driver and security 24-7. We're not sure that Anthony Fauci's not still being paid. We've asked whether he's being paid, and we've asked who's paying for his security. We do know that when he was active, he made about between him and his wife. His wife was in charge of ethics. So if there was ever a problem with Anthony Fauci not being ethical, his wife would review the ethics, which I'm sure she was pure to, you know, sure to tell him that if he was doing anything unethical. It's like the Nancy Paul Pelosi model. Nancy regulates big tech companies, finds out how new laws might affect them. Then Paul Pelosi, he invests a lot in big tech companies. There's no hypocrisy or contradiction there. Anthony Fauci, he's sending his emails, he's talking to the CIA, he's giving grants to EcoHealth Alliance and DARPA, he's involved in all this extraordinary stuff. And then he just says to his wife, what do you think of that, honey? Oh, you old sick symbol you tick but their combined salary is about 800,000 his wealth went from 7 million to 12 million during the pandemic he got a million dollar prize from a private foundation what kind of what kind of uh, person civil servants allowed to take a million dollar prize did anybody investigate whether the foundation has anything to do with pharma we now have money going from the vaccine manufacturers to NIH when i hear stuff like that and i think about how it played out in the pandemic what is the culture? What is the culture doing? The whole culture is mad and redundant and irrelevant and exists solely to facilitate ongoing corruption. That's sort of all it really is, is it's sort of like a tablecloth over essentially a gun held to your head to prevent you ever asking relevant questions or investigating how power operates. Moderna shares the patent. You say, well, that's fair. The scientists in age did a lot of research. $400 million went from Moderna to the NIH. But my question is this, it, it may sound fair, but how can the NIH or any of these people be objective now in deciding whether we should have to take a vaccine because I got $400 million? Wouldn't that conflict you as far as deciding whether we had a mandate that every six-month-old get a vaccine? 
So it, it just never ends here. But Anthony Fauci lied to Congress. And the bottom line is he deserves to be in prison. Uh, if he'd have been a Trump supporter, he'd have been in prison long ago. Because you're right, there are two sets of standards. And this is one of the things that's tearing the country apart. And I fear will lead to chaos in our country if it gets worse. And that is that people will come to believe that it depends on my ideology, not the color of my skin, right. but the shade of my ideology is what will get me in trouble. In a sense, what this story, as many of the stories centering around the pandemic reveals, is that we've been presented with a version of reality that's entirely untrue. So the more you learn about that version of reality, the more you are exposed to a deeper truth. What I would say is that there is cause for optimism because this is actually happening. And again, as I always remind us, because I'm reminding myself at the same time, if they're working this hard to control information, if they're working this hard to destroy people and create dissent, they must be genuinely scared that there's going to be change. Whether you consider the farmer protests or the trucker protests or yourself, your turn away from ordinary legacy media, the emergence of this new space, people that are within the establishment, whether it's Rand Paul or Andrew Bridgen, people who you might not agree with on everything, but bloody hell, if you don't agree with them on this, I don't know what side you're on. Because what he's plainly saying is, Anthony Fauci isn't what we thought he was. He was making a load of money. His wealth increased during a period where he was supposed to be dealing with a total national emergency. We were told that, he told us that he was the science, but really, perhaps a better catchphrase for Anthony Fauci would be, I am corruption. But that's just what I think. We love you. Please stay free. No, here's the fucking news.